0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High fm
1: I met James Say at the Graham Modern and Contemporary Gallery in Hyde Park a few weeks back when he walked me through the exhibition I was there to see, The New Way. It was my first time to visit the gallery and I was impressed by James's ability to bring the artwork alive and to create dialogue between what I thought were completely different types of art. It was no surprise then to learn that he is an art consultant, critic, and independent curator, as well as the director of Art Hit, his art agency. I'm delighted to have him as my guest now. James, welcome and thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thanks, Cherise.
1: James, since our ancestors discovered ochre and that they could turn jewellery eggshells, we have been creating art. What is it? What is it about the art that makes us so human?
0: It is a fundamental aspect of human civilization, that's for sure. But I'd prefer to think of it as something that is has become so entrenched in human culture now. Basically, we can't do anything without producing some form of visual culture, actually. And that's been exacerbated by social media. It's been a feature of human civilization, as you say, since its very origins. But now, you know, with the advent of uh, Instagram and other platforms, um, photography in particular, which which is a child of mine, if you like, something I specialize in, um, we're kind of saturated with images, human culture across the world, not only consuming them, but creating them. So, you know, the notion that art is a kind of enclave only to be accessed by the privileged or the knowledgeable is actually something that has been given the lie by um, all of the creative spirits out there that are are doing this every day of their lives, even if they don't realize that what it is they're doing is creating images and, and creating part of our Contemporary visual culture.
1: It's quite interesting the paradox in a way between art as an elitism form and art as something we create all the time. And what kind of interests me is who decides what is elitist art and worth, you know, a couple of thousand and what is street art and not very valuable.
0: I mean the you know, the dynamics and the structure of the market are, are very intricate and difficult thing to to get your head around the kind of perceived elitism of it is because the press comes from the kind of media attention that is comes from the kind of high-end deals that that get made you know there was one yesterday that rodin's iconic sculpture the thinker is going on auction um at christie's i think it is in in new york probably i'm not sure where new york or london (laughs) Um, and they're estimating fifteen million dollars for it. So you know these things get take up all the column inches, if you like. But dynamics in the market are are also really democratic in a way. It's not a commodity. Art isn't a commodity, and it, and it shouldn't be considered as one because, as we've seen from the recent uh, upsurge in uh, non fungible tokens NFTs, the kind of digital. Uh, certificate of authenticity given to artworks among other things you know the notion that some that an object created by a creative spirit is um is unique is non-replaceable by anything else and that that attracts a, a kind of a certain kind of value is what drives the market across the board um it, it's not just the, the kind of high-end at, um, statement pieces that uh, change hands for millions at auction. So, you know, that kind of notion of authenticity, what Walter Benjamin called the aura of an artwork, is important, I think, for all kinds of art.
1: You talk about the aura of artwork. Is it good enough to say, well, if I like it, it's art, I can get pleasure out of it, then it's, it's of value to me. But it may not be of value to anybody else.
0: I really think that's the key aspect of what art is all about. uh, You ask any collector, institutional collector, private collector, whatever it might be, the reason they collect work is because they love what it is they see. And, you know, that's made up of a lot of things. It's not um, just because the work might be valuable in monetary terms. It's not just because it might be a bit of one-upmanship. It's really about, you know, the... The collector of that work loving what it is they see and, you know, all of those other things, you know, who the artist is, what the work is in the artist's body of work, how valuable it brought me in the the so-called aftermarket, the the secondary market. All of those things might be factors, but what it boils down to is is the passion with which the collector sees the work, invests in the work, and the pleasure they take from from owning it and seeing it.
1: What would differentiate an artwork that is worth millions and an artwork that you can buy on the streets of Johannesburg?
0: I mean, again, it's a, it's a vexed question. I mean, the artwork you can buy on the streets may well, in some apocryphal cases, turn into artwork that's worth millions. But generally, you know, the difference is made up of a whole range of institutional factors. And so, you know, work that's that's really valuable is done by artists who have a reputation, who have a track record, whose work is collected in in major private and public collections, who who can demonstrate an exhibition history of work at significant exhibitions, and institutions. And then beyond that, if the the work by that artist is growing in value, you've also got to look at how that work fits in to the artist's body of work, to the artist's over. So it might be the best example. Let's throw out an obvious example. William Kentridge, who's South Africa's greatest living artist. So there is certain work by Kentridge that is enormously prolific. He does prints, drawings, films, sculpture, you name it. Um, but within that huge body of work, there are certain kinds of instances where Kentridge's work comes together, where all of the factors that I mentioned are, are present. And it's just a really trenchant and brilliant example of of the work that he's doing and and, you know those certainly in the auction markets globally and but locally especially would be drawings made from some of his stop-motion animation films generally tend to to be regarded as among his best works
1: The galleries that we have in South Africa are often seen, I mean, I met you in the Hyde Park Gallery, and there were other galleries in Hyde Park that I actually hadn't realised until that day when I found myself kind of wandering around. Galleries themselves elitist though.
0: They're not. I mean, that's the short answer. But behind that lies the institutional structure of the art world. So galleries sort of a very important purpose in that ecosystem, which is there's no doubt they're an in, they fulfil in an intermediary role. You know, so they act to first of all stage an artist's work to the best in the best possible way. You know, the correct lighting, the correct uh, presentation formats, um, whatever it might be. Intermediary role that they play is to is to bring the work to buyers. Although you know the art world is a special case and thinks of itself as as kind of tainted by commercialism to its detriment. It's not. It's a it, you know it's part of global economy like like a lot of other activities. Um but what is unique about the art world is this very complicated ecosystem that it has to to bring work to to the buying public and to and to sell it, package it and sell it. Because art is a, a unique category of thing. It's not a commodity. It has different conditions under which it has to be understood and with, uh, under under which it has to be has to be sold. So galleries play a very important role in, in doing all of those things and providing the kind of knowledge underpinning uh, the underpinning of knowledge that artwork needs to be received in the wider world correctly, not correctly, but you know uh, received in the right context. That's a really important function because then provides a snowball effect for the artist's work in an ongoing sense. Once you've got a a successful exhibition that has sold, been staged properly, been been well attended, etc., then move on to the next level as a practising professional artist. So galleries fulfil an important role. they are also very important critical functions or, or intellectual functions in providing context for artwork, whether that context is the kind of artist's intention, In creating a body of work or the way in which they've executed the work, the historical, the art historical context, all of these things are very important. And the gallery provides a repository of that kind of knowledge that really, you know, positions it as an essential part of a country's culture.
1: You talk about the understanding of art and from what you're saying, art is a lot more complex than ooh. That makes, that looks pretty. (laughs) I think it'll look nice in that corner of the house there. Do you offer art interpretation classes, courses? Is that correct?
0: Yeah, part of what it is, I I run an agency called Art Hits with a partner. We do that kind of thing. So we curate work and bring it to different galleries or uh, different institutional contexts. The curation process is is very particular and very necessary part of of the art ecosystem and uh, but the other side of that work is providing various kinds of critical contexts in which art, artwork can be understood and um, one of those is a, is a media context so you know writing about art in the media and you know interesting people getting people interested i mean work that's uh, available and on exhibition obviously it's a kind of given the state of contemporary media it's a Kind of vanishing role uh, but it's a very necessary one you know a lot of media uh, houses just uh, syndicate content these days and and republish it so you know the role of art critics has has changed over time but it's still necessary and it's still uh, it's something that, that I do we also as our um, artists agency perform advisory functions for collectors collections, uh, we also run a, a residency program for artists and writers. We have a, a venue called Obscure Studio, which is uh, just outside of Johannesburg in, a, in a, a stretch of hardcore bushland, African bush, uh, without the big five, sadly, where you know artists and, and writers can retreat and uh, collect themselves and produce their best work without without distraction.
1: You're creating an artist colony, in in, in a sense.
0: It, that's the idea—not a permanent colony, but a but a, a place where artists can retreat, collect their thoughts, produce work, you know, launch it back into the world.
1: James, could you imagine doing anything else than what you do do?
0: Teresa, it's an interesting question because I've done a lot of things in my life. Art has been a constant um, through my entire career and and my life. Um, I'm a writer rather than a Practicing visual artist, although I have done that, but but it is so fundamental to what it is that I do and think. And you know, I spent a lot of time as a as an academic as well. Um, it's so fundamental to what I, what it is that I do and think in various different contexts. I mean, the surprising thing is that and people don't think about this when they think about visual art is that it's so important to psychological development, to you know, to human development not in a wider sense to human culture, but it's kind of banal to say that because you can't get your head around uh, social development. But art serves that purpose. I mean, it does, or it should do, and it should be supported as such because it's such an important cog in how a nation sees itself and how it forms um, identity, not only on a personal level, but on a social level. And it's an enormously important part of that process
1: takes our interview full circle because that is probably why when we the first thing we did as homo sapiens was um start scratching scratching on the wall and it wasn't just scratches was it it was uh, expressions exactly. of our culture and our beliefs and yeah, all I the agree. rest james thank you so much for joining me if anybody would like to get hold of you what should they do
0: they should certainly my art hit website is not uh, functioning yet but they can reach me on instagram at say one that's S-E-Y, and they can call me. I don't know if I can put out my phone number on, on air, but uh, but I am on the internet available. Um, so please reach out.
1: And, of course, if anybody would like to get hold of James, you're welcome to work through me. I, I do have your contact details, so I'm happy to pass it on to reputable people looking for you, uh, James. James, Good. thank you so much for joining me.
0: Suisse, thank you for having me.
1: That was Je- um, that was James Say, who is an art
0: consultant and independent curator, as well as the director of Artit, his art agency.